Hi, and welcome to another episode of Walleye Chronicles. Today with me, Nolan, Nolan, Dylan Nowak. Uh, we're going to talk about how he grew up fishing and how it's made him the person he is today. So, Nolan, no, I'm getting confused over and over again. <laughs> Dylan, how's it going? It's going. I got to restart a little mess up start there. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Awesome. So, where'd you grow up? I actually grew up in the area uh, just on the northern tip of Lake Winnebago. Okay. Um, between, if anyone's familiar with the area, between Fire Lanes 8 and 9. Oh. So on the water? Just about. Just about. Close enough where you could get access all the time. Yep. Once I got old enough, my mom was letting me bike down to Lake Winnebago and fish, or sometimes my brother and I go down there and swim off of uh, Fire Lane 8 has a boat launch down there. So. Right. So how was fishing like at Fire Lane 8 growing up? Wasn't too bad. Caught a lot of... Uh, um, I did a lot of fishing with my uncles. My dad wasn't really in my life. Um, so I grew up bass fishing with my uncles, mainly Lake Winnebago. As okay. we got older, um, started getting into salmon and trolling for salmon fishing. So what's, ba- okay. So you grew up bass fishing on Lake Winnebago. Yep. How was that? Considering the rebirth, the, the, how bass fish on Bago is like starting to nah, kind of explode nowadays. Yeah. How was that back a while ago? I was really young. So we're talking two, three, four years old. Um, my earliest memories, I, I'm actually standing at the bottom. Of, I act, My mom has a picture of it standing at the bottom of Fire Lane 8, right with the water behind me holding probably a two, three pounder. Nice. So, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. Um, as I grew up, I kind of got away from fishing for a while and focused more on my sports. On mm-hmm. I was a big football player, got into rugby and basketball and kind of played a little bit of everything. Um, then I ended up slowly going back to fishing. I never completely got away from it. Right. I was still always out a couple times a year at least. And uh, when I met my now wife, she she was big into fishing. Her family took a trout fishing trip, so I got into trout fishing. Uh, we still do that once a year as a family nice. tradition with her family. So what kind of got you back into it full bore here? Uh, Is there a time where you're like, okay, I, I left fishing too long. I need to do this all the time. About five or six years ago, um, I started making it a point to once a week get out. And at this point, I didn't have a boat, so I was fishing from shore. Mm-hmm. Um, started doing a lot of cat fishing because I was fishing at night a lot. Fair enough, after work? Yeah, while working third shift, I'd get uh-huh. done at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and usually I had my stuff in the in the vehicle, whatever vehicle I was driving that day, and head straight to the water and right. fish for a couple hours. That's a good time, though. I mean, really, for cat fishing, that goal, you know, late, of course, you're missing, like, the 2 o'clock bite. But that's- yeah, the 2 o'clock bite's always been fire. Honestly, um, on the weekends, usually Sunday nights, I would make a point to be out there about midnight. I'd get out there and fish till pretty much sunrise. Um, caught a couple of nice channel cats and flatheads doing that from shore, uh, in Nina actually. And, um, about three or four years ago, my wife and I moved into our current house and I met the two guys I consider to be my best friends now, they were big walleye anglers. At that point in time, I had just started getting into walleye angling. Um, they had the boats, the gear, 
I started tagging along with them, started learning more about that, and somehow convinced one of them to uh, fish tournaments with me for walleye. <laughs> so last year was our first full year fishing tournaments. Uh, we fished the Duck Creek series. Yep. And me and him as a first year tournament fishing took 26th out of 108 boats. Nice. That's pretty good. Considering we zeroed on one tournament and <laughs> caught one fish in another tournament out of a three tournament series, I, I'll take it. Heck yeah. <laughs> So growing up, so you, did you have like, did you fish with friends at all and that kind of stuff or? Uh, my cousins mainly. Pretty much. Um, a lot of, a lot of the people I considered my friends back then, they're not exactly people I would hang out with today. I gotcha. Um, they were more athletes. They wanted, that's all they did. I gotcha. 24 seven sports. And it's just not, it's who I thought I wanted to be. And then yep. as I got older, I decided fishing's more. Right more where i want to be right we can't play sports forever with our bodies but we can sure fish forever or pretty close i hope i can fish forever <laughs> my buddy and i we talk about it all the time once we get out on the water it's it doesn't matter whether we catch fish or mm. time on the water is time well spent that is, that is correct so what's your favorite growing up what was your favorite way to fish uh i did a lot of fishing with a bobber and a crawler um, parked over weed beds. If I was in one of my uncle's boats or fishing right. from shore, it was just drifting a crawler through mm -hmm. what, wherever I could reach and fishing for whatever. Is there a typical fish you're looking for? Just whatever. What was your, when you were fishing as young kid, what was the one fish that you just were so excited to catch? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> but was there one overall, the rest of them, like all of a sudden I caught a smallie and like, oh, I'll get smallie or a walleye or was there anything that really set you off? Smallmouth was the big thing. It was the big thing. Um, usually they were bigger than panfish and everything else yep. that I was catching. So it, it made for a better fight, made, made it more interesting. Uh, I actually, there's one memory I have. My uncle had taken me out. It was just me and him. And, uh, we were, we were out there just bobber fishing with crawlers and he couldn't even get a worm on the craw on his hook, <laughs> cast it out. I'd have my bobber go down and get mine set up, reel it in, take it off put a new crawler wow. on mine, cast it back out, it go down again. And it just, he couldn't even get a crawler on his hook. That's funny. That's awesome. So you shore fish and you fish from boat. Do you ice fish? Yep. How's that for you? That I just started getting into, um, growing up, it was more set up tip ups and we'd yep. play and whatever. Um, here the last three years I've gained probably 12 or 13 ice fishing rods. I got two different shacks. I bought a drill and a auger for it. Uh, do a lot of bluegill through the ice. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm still learning the walleye through the ice. Right. That's the one that I'm, I'd like to master. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all like to master that. Yeah, yeah. I I do a lot of fishing on the uh, Fox River through the ice, and I've I've started to figure it out a bit. <laughs> we uh, up in Green Bay. Yep. Yeah, I've I've started to figure it out. I can go out and usually get one or two in a couple hours of fishing yep. I do, but haven't been able to go out there and catch a limit yet through the ice. Right. I haven't had that great of luck either up there. I haven't gone very often. I've just recently started going up there. Um, not like I kind of with the boat. The boat, funny is last year we had ice. Ice came off and then ice went back on, right? Yep. I was up the week before when the ice on, couldn't catch nothing. We ice came off, went up there, slotted them with in a boat, and then the ice went back on and went up there. I could catch nothing. 
So I don't know if it's me and the ice up there or what the deal is. I just can't make it work. See, and I, I kind of had the opposite effect. I was I was doing decent with them to the ice. Um, when the ice came off, my buddies and I, blade baits are probably one of our favorite yep. baits to throw that time of year. We just went out in there. Ge- in general, I love throwing a blade bait. Yeah, we haven't. We've been trying to get out there and practice casting more during the summer months and yep. learn that bite, but it, it's kind of hard to sit there and cast for eight hours when you know you can throw That's boards true. on and That's true. and go pick up a limit and a and That's true. It is a, 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 hours. a learning curve, but it's a it's well worth the time, I have to say. I know last year we spent a good portion of a day throwing uh jigging wraps. Uh during a tournament actually, trying mm-hmm. to figure that bite out and <laughs> None of us could, we couldn't fit, we just couldn't figure it out. So we gave up and went to trolling and still couldn't figure anything out. They all have their own little, it's funny that even though like rip and wrap and blade baits are basically the same thing, they'll have their little different little thing about them that you have to kind of figure out. Yeah. Actually, this year I caught during the spring run, I caught more walleye on a rip and wrap than I did on a blade. And last year, you we threw blades and we couldn't keep them off of them, right. Uh, this year I figured out with the rip and wrap, they like, they preferred it, dr- uh, t- preferred us to drag them on the ground versus popping them up. Ah. So we actually found a spot on, on the Fox river in green Bay there in De Pere, And, uh, it kind of goes down into a hole, comes back up the other side and then drops off into like 35 feet of water on the other side. We parked on the top side of that one hole, casted our, uh, ripping wraps into it and dra- dragging them across bottom, just two, three foot sweeps, yep. let it sit, two, three foot sweep, let it sit. And we caught three or four walleye doing that. Everyone else around us was throwing hair jigs and they were, they were doing, <laughs> kept doing way better than we were, but we couldn't figure out the hair jig bite either. <laughs> yeah. It's always something you get, you kind of start with one thing and then you work from there and kind of go off from that. I, you know, I, Generally, it's hard for me. Actually, one of one of the baits that's always on my pole, no matter where I'm at, is uh, blade bait now. Yep. I don't know why. I just always have that green blade bait is on. I could end up going through that blade bait and going through three or four of the jigs and changing things up the course of the day. But by the time I go back in the boat the next time fishing, that's going to be back on the pole. It's just one of those confidence ones for me. And it's, it stems from, from De Pere. I mean, De Pere, when, it's a lot of fun. I recommend anybody go and spend some time up there in the spring because... A lot of boats, hard, hard to find a place to park, but man, it is uh, it's a lot of fun up there. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, pre-spawn bites is the blade bait. And the two guys that I fish a lot with, they were night trolling. That's all they did up mm-hmm. there for, for walleye, night trolling, night trolling, night trolling. And I'm like, well, let's go during the day and see if we can catch them. We went out there. We spent an entire spring struggling trying to figure out the blade bait bite and we'd pick up one or two each day and then last spring it all kind of clicked on the blade baits and we were able to i mean we just pounded them last year uh i had my biggest last year was 27 and a half full of spawn my buddy had a 28 full of spawn and we going from trolling to that just makes such a huge difference When you start casting those blade baits, even that time of year, those fish are so much more aggressive. They put up so much more fight. Yep. When you're trolling them, it's like half the fight's out of them by the time you start reeling. That's true. Yeah, by the time you get the board off, and they're pretty much done. 
And that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different. I've done that a few times too. That's a whole different animal trolling night up there. Yeah. That is pretty interesting, especially now in the last year or so, a lot more people do it. And it's, it's it can be very, very interesting trying to get around up there. <laughs> and we, we, when I started with them, they were strong believers in the husky jerks at night. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not really a secret out there. Everyone yep. runs husky jerks or P10s. Yep. Um, I've slowly been gathered by buying other crankbaits to try yep. at night. And we found a couple that work, nothing nearly as good as the P10 mm -hmm. yet, though. Yeah. I pretty much, I've pretty much stuck with the uh, hit sticks up there. I've done really well for me up there. Um, and some of the other stick baits. I don't, I don't really throw a lot of Rapalas. I don't think I have, I think I do have Husky Jerks, but I don't think I really do too much with them. I don't know why. Just a preference thing, I think. You get your confidence lures and you're kind of stuck with those guys. And, you know. Yeah. I, uh, my my first fish that I put on my wall was 29 and a half, caught in O'Connell. Nice. Uh, they were on the way out, so it wasn't full of spawn, unfortunately, but it probably would have been 12 pounder if it was. Right. What'd I you mean, catch them on? That was on a clown colored husky jerk. Oh. Up there, night trolling. Nice. So, do you fish? You guys fish at any other time of year? We fish guys, pretty much all uh, year. All year. Um, so where do you normally fish a majority of the time? We do a lot of fishing on the bay. On the bay. We've pretty much dialed in the trolling out there to where we can go out, drop our lines in two to three hours, have a limit. The only time that that changes is when the alewife move in. Um, then the troll trolling bite out there really slows down. Yeah. Everything slows down when they move in. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that can get tough. Talking to some people, um, this spring I worked for Swamp Donkey and talking to some people, meeting some people through there, I was able to learn some tricks from some guys who are pros and some yep. semi-pros and haven't had a chance to put them to use yet, but I'm hoping this fall or even now that the alewife are starting to move in when I noticed that this weekend. Yep. So maybe this coming weekend I'll try and get out there and try a casting bite Nice. Those home punky guys, there's that's there's some hammers in that group. Yeah. Their tournaments are a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some hammers and you gotta come to play if you're if you're fishing fishing those tournaments, especially obviously, especially the this last spring with uh what eight inches of snow we got that day was pretty crazy. Four, Fourteen or sixteen in Green Bay and appear yeah, there. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I was I was thoroughly surprised that all my stuff worked after that, and it took about oh Although it cleaned the boat really good, having you know smashing that snow around the boat all day long, and the boat was super clean. It took about a day for it to drain out of there. But yeah, I think by the time we were done, we had three inches of solid ice in the bottom of it. It took a day and a half for it to all thaw out. Yeah, I took mine right to work, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna put my boat here for a couple of days, and just <laughs> got up as high as I could, and pulled the plug on there, and let it just sit there. Yeah, my buddy was trying to shovel it out with his net because. <laughs> Right. Who, who expected 14 inches of snow that day? I didn't. I, and the funny part is right before that started, I remember standing, we were getting ready to put in, I think we were like three or four boats up and we were just kind of standing there using the bathroom and it was really nice. It yep. was like 40 and like, oh, this is snow my ass. It's a gorgeous day. And then fast forward and, you know, hour and a half and, you know, the world came down on us. I mean, it was a good bite, great day, caught a lot of fish. It just, I thought for sure I would lose somebody out of the boat. With yeah. all the ice and stuff, I thought someone either someone was going to fall in the water that day in general, or someone would fall in my boat at least. Yeah, that that day started out rough for us. We had a plan going into it. 
but with 20 mile an hour winds blowing up river yep. and current going one way winds going another uh we were gonna try vertical jigging that day we had done oh. well the weekend prior on a vertical jig bite and that's that was our plan but we just the boat wanted to go up yep. river and the bait wanted to go down river that's and a tough it, scenario so we ended up going up to a spot that we've always done well on as far as numbers not necessarily size but ended up going up there put our five in the boat we placed a lot worse than we expected to but when you look at the numbers we were 10 pounds out of the money right it's still good for like 120th place <laughs> though and it's like well if, if right? that tells you how tight the fishing right? was that day yeah we put a we put a ton of nice fish on including a i think uh um the one guy's dad had his personal vest of 29 three quarters yeah and we were still, I think, a couple of places out of the money. And I'm like, man, we put this, we put the smack down that day and just could not get up in there. And um, but yeah, it's it's a fun tournament. And, you know, the good part about that day is you always worry there's some guys that come out for that. And it's tough. It gets busy up there as is, but the snow kind of kept everybody away. So it's kind of nice. If you were Yeah, it was just the tournament fishers <laughs> yeah. out there that day. <laughs> yeah, and thank God no one was trolling because I think you'd ran it because you couldn't see nothing. I mean, we were we were off the park and we weren't very far off the park, and we there was a long time we couldn't see the shore. I mean, we we're you know that we ended up away. we ended up up by snake island yeah. and we always we go up there and we always tell ourselves we got to find other spots but we always end up back up there <laughs> just to get our five in the boat and then move trying to upgrade yeah. i think we had one over 20 which really hurt us in the tournament if we would have had three or four more that just broke the 20 inch mark we probably would have been placed a hell of a lot better but uh overall it, it was a good day yeah. started out rough started out with me threatening to throw my rod over the side of the boat because <laughs> we went out there trying a vertical jig and my buddies are vertical jigging and they're making it work and i just can't seem to get it to work and yeah, yeah it, it was rough at first and once we started catching fish all that went away though and yep. it's usually how it goes so what uh what do you love about fishing the peace and tranquility honestly I don't care if I go up by myself. I don't care if I'm out with my buddies. Uh, Saturday, I was out with one of my buddies on the bay, and it had been a month or two since I had been out fishing just because life kind of got yep. in the way. Life, work, everything gets in the um, And just being out on the water, that first breath of air when you get on the boat out in the water, it's just something about it relieves all the stress. Yeah, the boat rides. I think the boat rides are very... I think some that's the best part of it is just getting in the boat and just you know you're especially in Green Bay you're you know going a little ride to get out there and stuff and the, the rides in the morning or afternoon on the way in something like that that's that's the best part of it. And I know you you fish the AIM series. Hmm. I don't know. I think they still do a, an actual weigh in at the end of the day or did they nope. go to catch picture release? They're actually format? the first people to do catch picture release back in the day. So they're catch catch picture and they actually do, they don't do it on the app. They have their own. We have to take. Um, sc drives okay so we do that, that with them and then we take it and turn it in and then we have to wait like an hour or so for them to process everything oh that's not bad but yeah it's not terrible i mean it's 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 i mean i like the the catch pitch release i don't have a problem with it there is there is a little bit of of extra though when you have live weight that yeah. that of 
you have to keep this fish and not keep that fish. I wish they would do a tournaments or somebody would do one that's catch pitch release, but you only get to put five on the card. Yeah. I think that would be the next step or somebody do that because there's a, you know, uh, there's a thing with, especially the NWT guys. And I did an NWT event this year and, and the idea of like, I have, I had caught fish that I put back that would have put, gave me money, but it was, that's the other part of it is like, do you keep this 19 inch fish or do you plan to catch all twenties or, you know, that kind of, that part comes away. You don't get that when it's the catch pitch release. And I wish somebody would do five fish only on the card would be kind of cool. Even if it was a catch picture release yeah, format that right, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they did, you know, if a swamp donkey did or something like that in the spring, it's like, Hey, you only can enter five fish. Cause they definitely can do that. Right. And I think that would be a cool next step that somebody could do or a tournament should do. Cause it's, it kind of brings that back into it, the, the whole of like, okay, we're catching fish or which one should we keep and when should we keep them or when, when does the go, I need to get to a spot and catch fish. Right. I mean, kind of like with, um, H2H used to have like, you know, you had to catch a fish. Otherwise you got stuck in uh dink fest. Yeah. Or if you're in dink fest, you got to have those other spots. Right. I, that's always was, I, I do like that aspect of, of live weight. I wish somebody would just, take that and kind of combine it with catch pitch release yeah it would it'd be nice i've never actually fished a live weight tournament yet um that is something my buddies and i have talked about and yeah. just they are stressful <laughs> well, and, and body of water i think plays a lot into yep. that too if you're out on green bay do you keep that 19 incher when right. you know it's full of 24s 25s yep. yeah whereas <laughs> if you're on bagel Yep. and you get a 19 incher you're like oh this is gonna be a good day right yeah that's true i mean it's a difference as you know and that's kind of what it came into me for nwt i thought i had to have all 20s to win you know to place high and then i realized i didn't i just needed i was catching my kickers i just wasn't wasn't i wasn't thinking to myself that hey you just got to get these other three fish on the board you gotta get another two three pounds in there every day will get you I, actually both days i didn't weigh i didn't weigh enough fish i weighed four the first day and three to second day, but not that I didn't catch enough fish. I just didn't feel like that 17 or 18 should go on my card. Well, hindsight, I put, you know, if I would have put three 15s on, I would have had a check. For the full version of this podcast, check out Fix TV. And remember, follow me on the talk at Smile and Fish and everywhere else at Matt Snell.